Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Hey Chris, What's a Good Book to Read? I started this podcast, ironically, because I absolutely hate being asked that question. The main reason that I don't like to be asked is because I don't have a good answer. Unfortunately, I've never been comfortable recommending books, movies, or music without asking an obscene amount of questions, and by the time I get to my recommendation, nobody cares anymore. I can't even recommend a good horror story because I don't know if the person asking likes haunted houses or possession or slashers, and those are three very different concepts. What scares me is that I'll end up recommending something like My Heart is a Chainsaw to the person who absolutely loved The Exorcist, and I'll look like a complete idiot. Imagine someone whose favorite author is Dan Brown saying, Hey Chris, what's a good book to read? And I say to them, Read Heart Shaped Box by Joe Hill. It's the best book you will ever read. They would probably never ask for my recommendation ever again. As a side note, I highly recommend Heart Shaped Box by Joe Hill. Now back to the subject at hand. The reason I say all this is because I will probably never say that a book was really bad or that I do not recommend it in any way. Instead, if I don't like a book, I'll tell you what about it I didn't like. I'll tell you if it's a possession book, or a haunted house book, or a slasher book. I'll tell you if there's a lot of gore in it, or if there's a lot of violence in it, or if there's not a whole lot of activity at all in it. I may critique it a little, if there's no character development, if I don't care about any of the characters, or if the ending is particularly lousy, I'll tell you that. But no worries, I won't give out any spoilers without giving you plenty of warning ahead of time. I may occasionally review a movie. Or I may do a book that isn't sci-fi or horror, but that's where I'm most comfortable, that's what I enjoy the most, and that's probably where most of my reviews are going to come from. Keep in mind that I use the term review very lightly. Bear with me, because this is my first podcast, and my only goal is to help readers find a good book. I'm going to tell you a little about myself. I love to read, as you've probably already guessed. My entire life, I've had a book in my hand. I was the weird kid on the bus that was reading instead of playing with her friends. Even after I started cheering and I had a chance to make new friends, I would read on the way to away games. I have always been particularly fond of the horror genre. When I was really young, I read Fear Street because Goosebumps hadn't been written yet. Scary books are definitely my favorite, but I like lots of different genres. That said, I've gotten really hard to impress. I've read so much over the years that I just feel jaded. It's hard for me not to see the ending coming, and it's hard for me to really like the characters if I know for sure they're going to die. That's the main reason I don't want to say that a book is bad, because it probably isn't. I want to tell you what I liked about it, what I didn't like about it, and then let you decide for yourself whether or not to read it. This is how the podcast will work. I'll start with reviews of a couple books that I've recently read, and then at the end, my friend Courtney and I are going to discuss a book. She reads as much as I do, so she's either going to try to convince me to read a book, I'm going to try to convince her to read a book, or the two of us are going to discuss a book that we've both read together. I'll try to list the books in the title of each episode so that you have a basic idea of what's going to be discussed during that episode. Hopefully you enjoy it and we can help you find a good book to read.
Since for the most part this is going to be a horror book review, I did want everyone to know that I am a Stephen King fan, and I want you to know why I'm a Stephen King fan. So you can take that information and you can listen to the reviews and either read the books that I did enjoy or you can uh, listen to the reviews and read the books that I didn't enjoy. Either way, I think you should listen to the reviews, but you'll have some insight as to why I feel the way I do about the books that get reviewed. One of the main reasons I like Stephen King is because of how he develops his characters. I need a really strong character or at least one that becomes a strong character. People often stop reading Stephen King because his character development occasionally takes several hundred pages and they get bored. I, however, absolutely love this. It doesn't even really bother me if all the characters are bad people as long as one of them is really interesting. I hate weak and whiny characters. The second reason is that I need a regular plot twist. I need them sprinkled throughout the book even if they're small. Now I need to tell you something else that you need to know about me. I do not have a did not finish list. I finish every book. Always. However, only three people can make me want to finish a book when they call a plot twist killing the lead character off halfway through. Stephen King, George R.R. R. Martin, and Robert Block have all done that. However, had I not seen Alfred Hitchcock's film version of Robert Block's book first, I may not have reacted as enthusiastically. My final reason for loving Stephen King is that I need an ending that makes sense and ties everything together without taking shortcuts. Keep these things in mind as you listen to the podcast. And again, this is my first podcast, so please bear with me. Let's start with where it all began, which is Fear Street. I was somewhere around eight years old when I started reading R.L. Stein. As I mentioned before, Goosebumps hadn't been written yet. But I just loved Fear Street. I thought it was such a great introduction to horror. I loved the concept that the town was evil and the cheerleaders were possessed. It was just such a good way to get young adults interested in the scary genre. I don't, however, recommend letting your eight-year-old start reading Fear Street now. Probably wait till they're a little older, but I think they're going to love it. Not all of the plot lines in the Fear Street series are supernatural. There are several that are just kind of like murder mysteries, but a lot of them do deal with possession. Some of them have kind of a Scooby-Doo vibe where you think it's going to be supernatural, but actually it's just some guy in a mask. So if you have a preteen who's ready to get into the horror genre and they don't want a book that's incredibly cheesy, then I highly recommend Fear Street. You can choose any of the books. They're all pretty good. Now I'd like to talk about a book called Sallow Bend, B-E-N-D, by Alan Baxter. It's about a town that's cursed because of a secret that happened in its past, and the town has to come together in order to defeat this curse. Um, There's a carnival in town, and that also plays into it. It's a little bit of a mixture of something wicked this way comes and it You get the feel that you get from those two books when you read this one, although it is quite a bit shorter. I thought it was a really good book. I really like the characters. I will say, though, that I needed more from the characters. I needed a little more background from most of them. Not all of them. He did a pretty good job setting them up. I knew them. Um, I recognized them from being from a small town. We do have those people here. I don't feel like it was overplayed. I think he did a good job setting the scene for us. I'm hard on books about small towns because I feel like a lot of times it's really overdone and sarcastic. 
and I don't appreciate it. And sometimes that will cause me to just dislike the entire book. That wasn't the case here. He did a good job with it. Um, there was some possession, and he wrote that really well. I liked the story and the plot line, and I actually really liked the ending. I felt like it tied everything together. I do feel like it was lacking a little bit on information. I needed more about the characters. I needed to know exactly what Fallon was and more details about Hester and her past. I would also have liked a little more about the history of the curse itself and what went into making Hester into this person. I really think that Mr. Crow would have been an awesome character to learn about, and I wish we'd spent more time on him. In conclusion, although I really like the book, I wish the author would have written a whole lot more about it. I really like the storyline, and I like the ending. Had some great twists along the way, but I just needed a little bit more. Hopefully, Alan Baxter has a prequel in the making, and I will definitely be reading it because I have plenty of questions that I just need answers to. So now I'm here with Courtney, and she's going to uh, tell me about a book that she's recently read. And she's going to convince me to read it, and we'll see how that goes. So, what's your book? Okay, so I'm really bad at convincing people to read books. I try to tell my husband about plots, and he looks at me like I'm a fool, and I'm really bad at it. But my book is The Perfect Child by Lucinda Berry. It's a psychological thriller, and it should come with several trigger warnings. Personally, myself, I don't read trigger warnings. They don't really affect me that much. I don't know what that says about me. So that means you'll read them anyway. I'll read them anyway. Uh, I don't care there's what probably it. some stuff I wouldn't read, but any this one, I probably should have read the trigger warnings. Tell um, me some of them. So, first one. Um, child abuse. Um, demonic child. Possession. Animal. Yes, possession. Thank you. Um, animal harming. Animal death. Not an animal that would make you super upset. Is that bad to say? Maybe. No. Okay. No, but, you I know, understand. one that you could probably be okay with. Um, potential infant loss. Miscarriages. Still, a lot. There's a lot of trigger warnings with this book. I'm not painting a positive light of it. It's absolutely horrible <laughs> in the sense that the story is so tragic. Which makes it amazing. And you felt like <clears throat> you were the person to read this book. <laughs> yes. And, and in all fairness, I'm glad you did because you loved it. I did. I did love it. And it feels wrong to say that I loved it because it's so sad. But a note um, from the author was like, you can only have one big tragedy in this book. So they chose the lesser of the two evils, I'll say, as far as losing someone in the book. Um, it starts with this book. This um, husband and wife, Hannah and um, Christopher, they're in love, they're young, they're a nurse and a surgeon. So, I mean, you know, they're living the dream, have this beautiful house. They've always wanted children and they've not been able to conceive. And then this little girl gets brought into the hospital and her name is Janie. And at first they think Janie is like a toddler, um, but she's not. And don't think it's like that movie with the Russian orphan I hate that, that I drug movie. you to. On my birthday. <laughs> On your birthday. What is that? I can't the even. The orphan. Think of, the orphan. Okay. It's not like that. I will they, never forgive you for that. I'm so sorry, <laughs> kind of. Um, <laughs> they very quickly figure out her age. She's not trying to lie about it. She's just very neglected. She's a child. She's a child. Um, they find her covered in blood and they bring her in and she's malnourished. 
and it's not her blood. Well, that's good. Well, and then later we found out that somebody close to her has passed. Okay. okay. So you're set up thinking, this poor girl. Um, and then you progress, and we'll just say that Christopher and Hannah, I don't want to throw any spoilers too big in, get very involved with her case. So once they get more involved in her case, and I'll say this, they take her in as respite care, essentially. Okay, you're, you're going to put... No, nope, I don't know what that means. Okay, well, I'm a social worker most days. You know that. So, respite care. They take her in until she can find her permanent placement. Okay. With a family. Okay. Like uh, the devil in Ohio. That's what we did in that. Yes, okay. So, respite. they get very involved. Respite care. So, they get so involved that chaos ensues um, to the point that it's Christopher against Hannah, Christopher and Janie against Hannah, um, they get a lifetime wish come true, and then more chaos ensues. People die, um, and it's just not a very happy ending, to be perfectly honest. But it's such okay. a good book because not all books have to have a happy ending. Nope, they I'm can a, still be great. I'm a Stephen King fan. Rarely a happy ending. <laughs> exactly. Rarely. So that's that's the gist of it. It's like I said, there's trigger warnings for child abuse. It just takes place and. At one point, one of the characters is questioning their sanity and whether there's potential possession or if they're just struggling with a psychotic episode. Oh, this is my life every day. Yes. Yes. So that's kind of the gist of it. And you don't know. You don't know which one it is, I don't guess. I didn't anyway. I guess it's for each reader to come to their own conclusion. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't end happy. But it's still so good. And I think you should read it. But now, at the end, everything gets wrapped up? Yes, you get some closure at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get the full what happened in their future, of course. But you get closure. You know where their future's headed to. I'm not thinking to myself, why did they put this in there? That was stupid. No, you don't think that okay. at all. Um, cool. Anything that's in there is purposely to build the plot to make you question it's very much an unreliable narrator. So if you don't like that type of story, <laughs> don't read it. But if you do like an unreliable narrator, I personally do, then you should read it. I appreciate knowing that the there's the ending's a little open. I'm I'm good with that as long as I know you yes. know. I'm good with that. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, this is a lot of reasons why the book's kinda hard to read, but also that it's worth it. So tell me exactly. What about it you want us to know without giving any spoilers as to why we should read it? Okay. It's really hard to talk about this book without giving spoilers. But I think the main main reason that I want to share this book with people who are interested in that genre, <laughs> interested in those trigger warnings, is because once you get to the peak of it, once you get to right where all the action's happening, you will stay up until 2 a.m. to finish it. And I'm assuming you did that. I very much did that. And I went to work the next day. So. And it was worth it. And it was worth it. I was gladly tired. All right. So, once again, it's called The Perfect Child by Lucinda Berry. Lucinda Berry. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. Before we go on to the next book, I did want to say that obviously it doesn't matter to us how deep a book gets, how dark a book gets. That's not something that bothers either one of us. Violence and gore also don't bother us. So if there's anything that you'd like us to read, any recommendations that you have, we'll take it. And then we might review it on the podcast.
Now, I'm going to take this opportunity to convince Courtney to read Winterset Hollow. It was a great book. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think she will, too. Recently, I read one of the weirdest books that I've ever read, Um, and I want you to read it because it's really good. It's called Winterset Hollow. It's by Jonathan Durham. Okay. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not. It's okay. But, you know, he did a great job. Uh, This book was really amazing. I'm at the point where it's real hard to please me when it comes to books, especially horror novels. Absolutely. Uh, I I get so that I critique the whole thing, tear it apart, and I'm just, by the end, I'm like, yeah, I wish I hadn't wasted my time on that. Yeah, for sure. And 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 no other people would enjoy it is why I'm real weird about saying mm-hmm. you shouldn't read it. Because it's just not true. Right. So it's horror genre. It is horror genre. Okay. Yes. Um, completely horror. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe just creepy. Maybe yeah. not horror. Maybe just creepy. Okay. I don't know. Paranormal? No. Okay. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. I can't tell just you one way or the other. It's it's creepy. There's some paranormal stuff in there, okay. but it's not like ghosts gotcha. or anything like okay. that. No goblins. So, there is a boy, and he becomes obsessed with a book. Okay, you say boy. What age? Range, would you say? I think it says. I think he's 20. Okay. We'll say 20. Okay. Young so adult. He, yeah, he's, he's between 20 and 25. Okay. For sure. I know it says. I just don't remember. I don't have all the details. That's okay. You do a much better job with that than mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> no way. Um, I was very anxious throughout this entire book. I'm going to tell you that as okay. part of the triggers. It's one where there's action from beginning to end. I like that. Yes. Starts off. Boom. Starts off. Your heart does not stop this whole time. Uh, so there's a book that was written and there's a select group that starts just being obsessed with it. It gets a real solid cult following. And then they get invited to the island where the book takes place. Okay. This was where the author lived. Uh, he's dead now. Okay. So it's it's where he lived. So like an homage to him. Mm-hmm. But it's an island. Okay. So. It's a whole island for him. Yes. Um, but it was his his island. His oh. little. It's. I don't want to say island because it's not like in the Pacific or anything. It's right. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is in the Pacific. <laughs> but um, it's his. It's his chunk of land in the water. His chunk of land. And it's off woodland. It's not like beach okay. land. Okay. You're not going to be sunbathing gotcha. or anything. It, also, it's rather north. So like United a rugged States. terrain. Yes. Okay. Kind of a main thing as opposed gotcha. to Florida. Yes. Okay. So a bunch of people who are part of that cult following get invited, I'm going to say 10, to go to the island. Who invites them? Well, we, you don't know. Oh, okay. It's part of it. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Mystery. Yes. The day they go is on Barley Day. Barley Day. That sounds spooky. It's very spooky. And that's that's in the book. And they go there to celebrate Barley Day. Just And then you have to get on a ship, and you have to go there. They don't know who's invited them. They don't know what's going on. They just go to this random island. Well, it's not random. They're very, um, they know a lot about the island. Okay, so they are not scared. They're going to follow this ominous invitation to this island because they're part of the cult. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Not at all. They're ready to go. All right. You're painting a beautiful picture. Yep. And and it's free tickets. So. Okay. Well, I mean, who can pass up a free trip? I would not. I would go. I, I know don't. that you would. <laughs> and I think I would not. I, I just would go. If you want to know the key difference between Courtney and Chrissy. Yes. Chrissy would go. Courtney would not. Chrissy would go completely unprepared, too. I yes. wouldn't have a knife or anything. wouldn't pack anything. I would just be like, let Leave go. your cell phone charger. Oh, my! I promise you, my phone is always on, like, oh, yes. 25%. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, he get, they get there, and I, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but if you read more than, you know, 100 pages, you're going to know this. Right. Um, so... The book that they're obsessed with is about um, a group of animals and their interactions with each other. Okay. It's, it's, you're thinking a little Alice in Wonderlandy ish, but it, it's not really. Like okay. That. But, you know, it's kind of got that feel. And so the book is written in almost lyrical fashion. Oh my gosh. The way he wrote the whole book. Okay. Not just the book inside the book, the whole book is just. Beautiful. And I think this was his first book. Oh, wow. Holy crap. Doing more things in life than I am. Oh, he's amazing. And then there's a little statue to go with the lead character. Oh, my gosh. It's stupid. He's amazing. He's way better than I will ever be. Throughout the book, you get to read excerpts from the the book that they're so obsessed with. So, you get there, and they sneak in, of course, to where the mansion is, because there's a fence, but you got to go through that. So, why are we sneaking in if we're invited? Just for the thrill of it? No, they're on the island, and they're supposed to stay on this little place. Okay. And there's a big fence around the house. Gotcha. That nobody lives in, and of course, somebody decides to sneak in. Of course. Okay. As I would. Yes. Again, the difference between me and you. Yes. Yes. So, turns out these animals are real people. Okay. Um, they are animals. They're not they're not people. They're real animals and they live in this house. Okay. And are they humanoid? Do they function as humans? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, and they're they're old. And then you just get wrapped up in their whole life. You just keep thinking, there's no way he's gonna tie up all these loose ends. Yeah. Because they're really weird about the people being there. Clearly the fox doesn't want them there. So the animals are aware that the humans are there. Yeah, oh yes. Yes, they invite them into the house. Okay, so they invited them into the house. Mm -hmm. And you if this is a spoiler, you don't have to answer, but did they invite them to the island? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They were in charge of it. Okay. We'll say that. All right. So then a whole mess of stuff happens that okay. I can't get into because that is a huge spoiler. All right. I respect that. Nothing is possessed. And, again, that's why I don't want to say it's paranormal because it, it's paranormal just that the that the, they're talking and acting like people. Yeah. Like sci-fi. Sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. And then all this action happens. Just Page after page after page, and there's running, and there's chasing, and there's some slashery stuff going oh on. Um, and then you you just get all this information, and you're thinking to yourself, why? I don't get it. And then you get it. So he just wraps it up with a bow. Oh, big bow. So you've painted this picture of this book. You've got me interested. But why do you love this book? Why are you recommending it? Okay, so I told you I'm very hard to please. Yes. I read this book and I thought it's not going to end well. 
this I'm going to be so mad at the end of this book because there was just so many loose ends. And I, I, I said, there's no way. There's no way he's going to make this make sense to me. And that's fine. He's done a really good job with his writing style. I love the characters. I liked all the bad characters. There were some mean people in this book. And I was all on board for it. I liked them. And they became better people as the book went on. And I, I just fell in love with every character in the entire book. And then I thought, we're going to get to this ending. And he's going to kill this book. And yeah. I'm going to be real mad. And he didn't. He... Something happens okay. that I can't tell you about. And the entire book made sense. The entire book. Nice. And you could read back through it and go, that's what that was about. That's what that was about. Okay. And it it wasn't lazy either. He didn't say, oh, and this happens, and they all lived happily ever after. Right. Not everybody lives happily ever after. Happy ending, mid level. Mid. Okay. Um, there was no other way to do it. Yeah. I, I was I was good with it, and I, I I like a happy ending. I liked it for you to put a nice bow on it. I'd write uh, me and Stephen King have had it out a couple times. I've thrown books. Who it's hasn't? happened, but I was so pleased with the ending that it did not matter. I he was so on point. There was no laziness. It just all made sense, and big light bulbs went off. And not only did it make sense, it made you content and happy. And if you get a chance, you should read this book. And that is Winterset Hollow, Jonathan Durham-ish, D-U-R-H-A-M. Durham. 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 I like it. Durham. I, I like it. You should read it. All right, everyone. That concludes our podcast, episode one. If you have any recommendations for us, uh, you can email us at what's a good book at outlook.com. We'll see you next week with some more reviews and hopefully we can help you find a good book to read.